Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, Bad Dirt. What makes Bad Dirt so bad? The answer? The ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like Bad Dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that just informed me that the True Crime Garage Army has gone bazooka. He is the captain. I've always been a bubblicious man myself, but it's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight we are drinking Brawler by Yards Brewing Company from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Garage grade, three and a half bottle caps out of five. Brawler is an English ale that is delicately hopped for knockout flavor, and its smooth character adds to its drinkability. And Yards Brawler was brought to us by our garage brothers and sisters. First up, we have Sharon in Calandra, Queensland, Australia. And a big we like your jib to Christine in Columbus. Ohio. <sighs> Next, we have Lisa in Austin, Texas. Also in Texas, we have Lance out in Baytown. And next up, we have Trudy from McCordsville, Indiana, or also from the Facts of Life. <laughs> and then all the way in Tacoma, we have Bacon Bits the Cat. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew you'd like that one, Captain. All right, Bacon Bits. That's uh, that's a real donation to the beer fund coming from good old Bacon Bits there. And last but not least, a big, big thank you to Elizabeth in Willowbrook, Illinois. And if you'd like to donate to the beer fund, you can do so at truecrimegarage.com and click on the donate banner. Hey, and for all things true crime, find them at truecrimegarage.com. You can join in the blog on our website and check out the store page if you want old episodes. We still get questions about how do I find episodes from season one and two. You find them in the store page, my friends, and you find them in the iTunes store as well. All right, that's enough of the business. Gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. This was a case that you wrote about. Yeah, I, I actually wrote about this case when I was still a crime reporter. I was working at the Free Times up in Cleveland in 2006, about a year after he disappeared. How much time did you spend looking into Ray's case? Um, I, I'd say it was a good month to six weeks kind of learning the ins and outs of, of the Greek car disappearance. And, you know, we only had we only had a little bit of information at the time. Uh, because it was only about a year after he disappeared. But it was already, it struck me as a mystery that was going to last. Mm -hmm. It was very weird. In the same way that Moore Murray's case kind of stuck out for me, because just like Moore Murray, here we have uh, somebody who disappeared. There's no evidence of a crime, and the clues can take you any way you want to go. You've got possible suicide Mm -hmm. you've got motive for murder was it a murder um did he walk away to start 
a new life somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, there's evidence for that too. And beyond that, there's like a, there's like a, a sparkle of the paranormal in this one too that suggests some sort of connection to, of all things, and I know how crazy this is going to oh, sound. Oh, here we go. Time travel. Okay. Um, and and I want to get into <laughs> James has <laughs> right? lost his mind. <clears throat> I've just lost all credibility. But but stick around. You'll you'll okay. uh, like the, there's there's some neat things that that uh, about Greek car and and this idea of time. Tra- I'm not saying he 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 was a time traveler. I'm saying he, he might have disappeared in a way that would lead people to believe that. Anyways, we'll get right, there. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, you have the you've set up the case well, the the particulars of the case, um, but you know I I guess we could go you know in order of you know possibilities here. You know, look at suicide. I and I kind of don't think it's you know I I don't think it's suicide. But to support that, you've got the fact that his brother Roy disappeared in 1996, and his body was found in the river. Um, and then you look at Ray Grecar, and his Mini Cooper was uh, found by the river, mm-hmm. and that's where he disappeared. They eventually found his computer and hard drive in the river. The, some fishermen fished up the hard drive, or some fishermen fished up the laptop, and then about a month later, a woman finds the hard drive. So, but then they never found Ray's body. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to jump into a river, if you're going to walk into a river, you know, do the, was it Virginia Woolf or, uh, you know, weigh your pockets down with rocks and walk in, the body's going to turn up. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get rid of a body by committing suicide by jumping into a river. It'll, it'll float. It'll show up. It'll, you know, we found the laptop, we found the hard drive, but no ray. So right, so that almost leads to the, the evidence that he did jump in. Because you found those other items, but again, yeah, if he did, where's the where's the body there to support that theory? You know, you've got, you know, some people look at how he was uh, looking to retire, and you know, didn't really know what to do with himself, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, was looking at that and kind of depressed, and you know, he had his his job was his life more so than any of the women because he'd been married twice and divorced twice, and he was seeing this this co-worker there so um when you see that a lot with men is their their work is their identity once they lose their work they lose their identity and they don't know what to do with themselves so you so the theory is that oh i'm going to retire and i have i'm nobody anymore so i'll just end it but another thing about the the suicide theory is that he had this daughter laura and and by all accounts you know, he loved her very much, and, and they were close when she was growing up. In fact, he was kind of, when they moved there, his wife had the job, and he was stay-at-home dad. Now, it's it's interesting to note that Laura is, is adopted. Um, it's not his biological daughter. And I've never really figured out the, the backstory to that, like mm-hmm. how that adoption process worked. Was it, did they adopt from somebody that they knew, or did they go through the typical adoption process, and right. it was... You know, um, so that that's something I'd really like to know about. But if it was suicide, Ray didn't really set things up to take care of Laura in his absence. This is one of the more interesting things about Ray, in my opinion. He was the DA of Center County. Penn State, you know, is his jurisdiction. But when he died, he there's almost no money in his, his accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, his bank account has hardly any money in it. There's, he, he never bought anything in his name. The car was in his girlfriend's name. Um, he had no assets. Mm. So where's all that money that he was making? Did he really spend it all? Did he not budget well? Or, or did he have some sort of separate account? You know, the police looked at the suicide theory and thought maybe he had been contemplating suicide for a while because the day before his disappearance... He was seen in another body of water uh, near this reservoir, and he seemed to be like walking around and kind of contemplating life, the witnesses mm-hmm. said. And, you know, he, was he thinking about his brother and reminiscing about that and wondering about that? So, you know, there's that possibility of suicide. 
Um, just like the Mora case, though, there are a lot of rabbit holes that you could go down because there are clues that don't seem to make much sense. Uh, you go back to the Mini Cooper. There was some cigarette ash found inside the car. He was vehemently against smoking. He didn't smoke himself. It smelled of smoke when the detectives opened the car as if somebody had just been smoking before shutting it up. And uh, his cell phone was in there. So who was smoking in that car? Right. Um, there was a witness uh, at this antique, like mall antique store where the Mini Cooper was found. It was found in this parking lot. Ray was seen there with uh, an unidentified woman, um, beautiful, you know, attractive woman. So who was that? Mm-hmm. You know, and what does she have to do with, with this whole thing? Um, he was very much a charmer. You know, he very private person on one on one hand, very private, but was also very flirtatious with with women and was known, you know, at the local diner to, you know, pick favorite waitresses and always, you know, flirt with them and, um, you know, always be, you know, with with his other wives. There was always, you know, these rumors of infidelity and, you know, hanging out with women. And so. Did that have something to do with his disappearance? Was that on his mind? Yeah, um, or did he have a a side <clears throat> piece right. that was now breaking it off? Or who was married. And, yeah, or who was breaking it off. Yeah, know, or, was, or maybe he was not telling some of these ladies that he was married and had a kid and you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Well he at, wasn't married at the time of his disappearance. Okay. He was he had a he had this girlfriend that was they were living together. Mm-hmm. They were very you know, of course Right, but still serious, the, yeah. the he could have been telling, you know, the girls that he meets, Oh, well I'm single. Right. And I don't have anybody in my life and blah blah blah. And then once the you know, the side piece then finds out he does have a <laughs> life, they're like, Well, I'm gonna tell on you. Right. Because right. that happens often. Whoever this was hasn't come out, mm-hmm. you know, since the disappearance. Then you look at the case for murder, and, you know, there are a lot of times I kind of lean this way um, because there's definitely motive for murder. And, but at the time in 2006, when I reported on this, it seemed very unlikely. Like, who would have had the, who would have had the balls to kill a DA in Center County? Well, you know, five years later, after my article came out, uh, Jerry Sandusky is arrested and charged with all these counts of, you know, molesting boys at Penn mm-hmm. State. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out that the prosecutor in charge of Center County, who was Ray Grecar, knew about this mm-hmm. in 1998. Yeah, he had investigated it for he had investigated it for some time, having yeah. spoken to um, one of the victims. Right. However, they had no evidence to pursue the charges other than this boy's statement. The boy's statement, and they actually got Sandusky to come in and, and they like taped this interview where it was this weird thing that Ray had set up where he got the boy in the same room as Sandusky just to see like what Sandusky would say or, or mm-hmm. his body language. And there was an expert there that told that told Greekar, he's like, look, this guy, you know, without a doubt, this guy's a pedophile and, mm-hmm. you know, he could have charged Sandusky at that time and saved, you know, maybe further victimization or whatever. But if if anybody really runs Center County, Penn State at that time, it's Joe Paterno, right? Right. right. Um, this revered, you know, coach. And, you know, his reputation, as we saw, was destroyed along with Sandusky's. Uh, the question is, you know, how much he knew and for how long. Was it Ray's ultimate decision to not prosecute Sandusky? Was it was it somebody else? Was it Paterno? Was it was it pressure from somewhere? You know, was this something that that Grecar always felt guilty about? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you know he was looking at retiring in December of two thousand five. He disappeared in April. Was he thinking about opening that case, opening that can of worms before he retired so that he would have a clear conscience um, and be able to go on? Um, was he reopening that? And did he, you know, did he meet with Paterno? Did he meet with Sandusky or, or somebody else that was, you know, wrapped up in all this? And was it that person, was he trying to keep it kind of off the record until he had more? Those people certainly had a motive to get rid of Ray Grecar, mm. I think. Um, well, it's good, well, it's similar to like Spotlight, too. I mean, with the idea of, well, we don't want to go after, 
you know, the Catholic Church because of how big they are. Right. And I would, and we could argue that college football at is, Penn State is possibly bigger, yeah, than church. Oh, know? for sure. For some people, it is mm-hmm. church. You know, um, absolutely. And I think they're they're they might be wrapped up in there somewhere. Yeah. There's another possibility here. One of the reasons um, Greekar didn't prosecute Sandusky was some sort of culpability. Um, you know, there there were some weird internet searches mm-hmm. on Greekar's computer before he disappeared, and the one of the police officers who was investigating the case suggested to me that um, some of the searches had to do with um, you know being on the down low. You know, was there some sort of you know sexual promiscuity? You know, something w- weird going on there. I tend to not not really buy into that because by all appearances, it seems that. You know, Ray was really, really into women, you know? So, meaning that the searches he was looking up were, you know, possibly that he led a a gay lifestyle outside of the public eye. Some of the police wondered if he wasn't cruising these parks for men. Okay. Um, Because he was seen at these parks, you know, right before he disappeared. And they were, some of the places he was seen were known, you know, cruising spots at the time. Right. And, but maybe possibly the, you know, if I, if I act like a ladies man. Sure. Then that, you know, and and I'm kind of flamboyant about that. Well, I think flamboyant might not have been (laughs) the right choice of words, but if I'm, you know, outwardly, oh man, I love women, then that's a pretty easy cover up for my alternative lifestyle. I, I don't know how much I, I buy into that um, or how much, you know, evidence there really is to that. And, and that still doesn't explain where the body is, you mm-hmm. know, if, if it does turn out to be murder. Uh, I yeah, really, but that would also possibly <clears throat> be a reason for suicide. Somebody that sure. has lived such a long life and they feel for whatever reason that they can't, you know, live their live a life where they can be true to themselves. Right. And he, like, without a doubt, in my mind, Greekar is the one that wrecked his computer and hard drive. So what was on the computer and hard drive that needed to be destroyed? Right. Somebody in Greekar's home that he was sharing with Patty Fornicola, some, and this is probably Ray himself, uh, was searching, was Googling, you know, how to destroy a hard drive, uh, how water destroys hard drives. Right. So he had this plan when he went there to destroy this hard drive. What was on there? Was it something to be murdered for? Was it something he was going to be shamed for and he committed suicide? Was it plans to run away? Was it his, you know, bank accounts and uh the the things he had set in right, motion right. to walk away? And as more time goes by, I find myself just like in Maury Murray's case, I'm leaning to this idea that he that he planned to start a new life. And well, it, but possibly again, because if you're leading this other lifestyle, that maybe you can't come out as yourself. Sure. But the idea that, well, I can start a new life, start a new name, and I don't have to worry about being shamed at all. Right. Because I'm just right. this new person. This new person. But again, it's one of those pieces of evidence that like can lean either way. Right. But right. have we had anybody that has come out in the last uh, 10 years or so that has said that they've had a romantic relationship with them as, as like a man saying that? Not that I, not that I know, not that I know. And that's, and that's why I think that that, that might be not actually what was going on there. Right. I mean, he certainly had characteristics that would seem a little, you know, effeminate or or prissy. You know, he's a very clean, meticulous type of person. But I think that was just his, you know, kind of slightly on the autism spectrum, you know, right. OCD-ness that was Ray. I want to talk a little bit more about the, like, the, the theories that back up the walk away. Like, why he, like, he's about to turn 60. He's going to retire. Why then? Why is he retiring then? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seems to me like... Or not retiring, but why would he walk away at that point? Right, like? because that seems like the least right. likely time to walk away. He's going to get a retirement. He's going to get a pension for this job that he's done forever. Um, it, it, he had plans to travel. Um, these 
don't point to anything, any reasons to walk away. Unless he was a spy for Slovenia, (laughs) 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 which out of context sounds ridiculously (laughs) silly, but let me break it down. Okay. And this now pulls into question whether or not his brother's suicide was in fact a suicide. Right. Um, After, keep in mind that Grigar disappears, he's making good money, but nobody can find any accounting of that money. He's got no assets in his name. Um, A couple years ago, uh, uh, Deadspin, uh, one of their reporters puts in a public records request for the FBI file and CIA file of Ray Grecar, and it comes back redacted for national security reasons. Mm-hmm. And the CIA is involved and says, you can't, we can't release certain bits of information related to Ray Grecar's disappearance. Now, what is in the world is the CIA doing involved in Ray Grecar's disappearance and this disappearance of this, uh, this um, DA? Well, right. There is a really good sighting of Ray after his disappearance in Southfield, Michigan. This is so cool because the person who who spotted Grecar was a retired police detective who did, when he was working for the police, did composite sketches. Okay. So this is the guy you go to. Yeah, this is the eyewitness you want. This is the best eyewitness ever. And he says he definitely saw Ray Grecar after he disappeared in Southfield, Michigan. Now- What's important about Southfield, Michigan? It's nothing. It's, we don't, I don't give a right? shit about Michigan. Right. <laughs> Nothing's up there Go except Bucks. except for the Macedonian consulate. And if you're on, if you're laying low and you want to leave the country and get a visa to Slovenia, mm-hmm. you would go through the Macedonian. That would be the closest place that Ray Grecar could get to go through there. And he has citizenship. His, um, I think, grandfather or something, uh, his ancestors came from Slovenia. Um, so he could apply for a visa and get taken over there and everything would be kosher. That's how he could escape the United States under, under radar. The FBI file also shows that Grikar took two trips to Yugoslavia, which is now part of Slovenia. He took two trips to Yugoslavia during the Cold War mm. um, in 1973 and 1984. For the FBI, these are red flags. Why is this young man in 1973 traveling to Yugoslavia into the Soviet Union? Well, but it is it is his motherland. It's his, yes. Right. But does he... I. I don't know that he would have any living relatives there. They would be distant. But that doesn't really matter, right? But let's consider he was turned at that point, he and his brother, turned to to protect the motherland, to Mm -hmm. gather information, um, to be a sleeper agent, essentially. What better job would there be than, you know, a, a district attorney uh, in Pennsylvania, um, which is near, shoot, Center County is, is very close to another, uh, there was this very famous case of this directly north. There's another county in Pennsylvania, north of Center County, very famous case where this government official uh, was, uh, turned out to be very corrupt and was uh, laundering money through mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the government system and disappeared. He ends up in Slovenia um, with all these foreign connections. So uh, I'm not saying this is exactly what happened, but if Grikar and his brother were involved in espionage, it would explain the FBI's presence, the CIA's presence. It would explain possibly the brother's suicide that wasn't actually a suicide. Maybe it was murder. Um, and it would explain why Grikar decides to disappear then because he's finished his mission. <laughs> he's finished his... Uh, his his duty, which is to work in government in America uh, and to do what he can for the, the, the homeland. And now he gets to go home. Right. You know, but in order to go home, he has to burn his old ID. You know, he's got the burn notice. Um, yeah, so, but also, too, I mean, it could <clears throat> be you have this um, talented, smart prosecutor and it could be not working for his motherland. It could be working for the United States as well. Right. You could take it the other way. Right. You know, and, and that's why he would visit in, in 73 and then 84. And then, well, we're going to have to have you go missing here. So then 
Exactly. When you go back home, you're a new person. Was he one of our spies? Was yeah, he one and, of you, and you think, you know, and that sounds crazy too, but people have to understand, like, the, the FBI and the CIA, they recruit people. Well, they, they got to, depending on what the mission is, they're going to recruit somebody in their 20s or 30s, 40s, 50s, and right. so on. And, you know, he's already working in the system, mm-hmm. you know, and somebody like that might go, well, this is a prestigious move up, you know. Right. Um, right. They could set up the secret accounts for him, the Swiss bank accounts that he must have had, right. you know, <laughs> to funnel his money. We'll take care of all the stuff. And then when it, when it comes out that you're, um, you're, you're missing, I mean, we're going to be investigating this. But, you know, you've worked the Mara Murray case for so long to get the FBI or the CIA involved in the missing person cases really hard to do oh yeah and you got both of them in this case which is fascinating the evidence keeps pouring in at this point the facts are undeniable it's an open and shut case monopoly go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game everyone is still talking about monopoly go for a good reason it is an absolute hit Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, It can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it Absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. 
Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need to pack a lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Nick is in Florida. He's having a good time. Keeps on sending me pictures of beers. And uh, I think he's drunk in every picture he sent me. But I'll, I'll post those on Instagram. Also, quick reminder, we have hoodies for sale. People have been asking for them for a long time. So I worked my butt off, and now we got some hoodies for sale. And it's a pre-order, and it's going to only last for a short period of time. So if you want one, get one now at truecrimegarage.com and click on the store page. So let's get back to the conversation that we had with James Renner about the vanishing man, Ray Gricar. And then you've got the time travel. As I was in investigating his disappearance back in 2006, somebody directed me, I was directed to this book, this obscure sci-fi book called 2020 Vision, written by Pamela West uh, in the 80s. And I, it was hard to track down a copy. I think it's out of print, but I was able to get one through Amazon. And I picked it up. And at first glance, you're like, what does this have to do with Ray Gricar? And you read the book, and it's about this detective who had this one case he could never solve near Penn State. And uh, he ends up growing old. And in some ways, this this has shades of Primrose Lane in it. And uh, grows old and then uses... Uh, in, time travel in order to go back and save this woman from being killed. Like Quantum Leap. Kind of like yeah. Quantum Leap. Yeah, right. And the interesting thing about it is the date that this guy disappears in the book is April 15th. And there are clues like a little bit of cigarette ash found inside his vehicle and he mm. didn't smoke. And his car was found by a river. And every you realize that everything from this sci-fi book about time travel this guy that disappears inside the book matches up with everything about ray's disappearance even the date mm -hmm. and you would think this is total coincidence until you realize and find out that ray Greekar was the consultant on the book 2020 vision right and pamela west was a journalist slash professor at penn state and she's writing under a pen name. And for a while, I wondered if Ray Greekar wasn't, in fact, right, Pamela pain, West. Right. But he's not. She really does exist. And she, what she wanted to do was she wanted to write a true crime book called uh, about the Betsy Ardsma case. Right. Which is a famous unsolved case out of Penn State. Have you guys done that one yet? No, but was that the girl that was killed in the library? Yes. Her and body she was stabbed? Yep. Yeah. Her body was found in the stacks. And... 
this was like back in 69 mm-hmm. that her body was found in the stacks in the library at Penn State. And when they found her body, they couldn't figure out how she died. She was just dead on the floor. And what they found later was she was stabbed once directly through the chest into her heart. Um, and it was a clean cut in and out and she bled inside. So there's no blood outside of her body and she dropped dead like that. To this day, that case remains unsolved. Now, Pamela West thought she knew who did it and she wanted to write a book explaining who did it and all of her evidence for it. And she went to Greekar asking help, you know, how do I do this without getting sued? And he said, well, when you put all the details in there and just make it fictitious, you know, add some sci-fi to it. And that way you get, you get, you know, what you've done, all this research can go to something, but Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're not going to be able to name the person you think did it. So was this, if, if Greek is going to walk away, you know, was he doing it in some sort of funny, you know, was he having a little fun with it? Oh, he's leaving a clue. Right. Like I helped with this book. One of the big things was that this guy has to go missing or back in time, right? And and what happened in the book? Okay, well, I need to go missing. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. And somebody's going to get the reference. It might take him a while. That's but, what I'm but thinking. But you got the reference. Right, right. So I hope that that's what happened, and, and he was having a little fun with his disappearance. It seems too much of a coincidence to me. Yeah. The exact date. The fact that Greekar was the consultant on the this cigarette book, ash, the cigarette ash, everything matches. Those are that, that's tiny details. If it was mm-hmm. just guy went back in time and here's the date, and then he went missing, I'd go, well, there's that's one, right? And but once you get those little small, right, details, isn't that weird? Yeah. the The other thought that people have had along those lines is, you know, was he close to? Did he want to go after Betsy Ardsmick? killer before he retired and did he try to meet with betsy ardsmith's killer there and there was a scuffle and he was murdered and but then again you, know, you still don't have a body mm-hmm. so um well and it doesn't explain the the hard drive and the computer and the, right. the lake exactly well maybe you could clear up a few um things since you did speak with the investigator yeah sure um there was there was rumor from his coworkers and his girlfriend that he was may have been suffering from depression, mm-hmm. that he was acting strange that and out of character that week leading up to his disappearance. Uh, one thing that keeps coming up as a question mark amongst a lot of people is his his day, his morning before he disappeared. Was he, did he leave work early? Did he not go into work at all that day? I've, I've seen it reported both ways. From what I've heard, he, you know, so he disappears on a, it's a Friday, mm-hmm. Friday, April 15th. And from what I understand, he was at work the day before. Um, but then he called off. He was playing hooky. You know, he, he was supposed to be in a work, but, it, and nobody thought that that was too weird because he was, you know, getting ready for retirement and he would, often take these days where he'd just drive into the country and go antiquing, mm-hmm. you know, um, where he was possibly meeting up with this other woman, who knows. But anyways, it wasn't that out of character. What was odd is, so he calls off on that, that Friday. One of his coworkers, also a prosecutor, swears, 100% swears, he saw Greek car there that day in somebody in the passenger's seat of somebody else's car and he had come in it looked like he had come in and maybe forgot something and was you know but he was pulling out of the prosecutor's office in the passenger seat of somebody else's car and he made note of it because he's like what you know he's not supposed to be in today he's here he's in who's driving the car so what's he doing back at at the office that day but there's no record of him actually going into the office. Not that we've not that we found. No, uh-uh. He was oh, I forgot to mention this. Greek car was also obsessed with an Ohio case, uh, mm-hmm. unsolved case, um, that he mentioned to a number of coworkers in the weeks leading up to and the months leading up to his disappearance. And that's the unsolved disappearance of Mel Wiley. Mm-hmm. Mel was the chief of police in I want to say Bath, but I'm not entirely sure. It was near Bath, Ohio. 
and uh, this was in the 70s or 80s, I believe, but he disappeared one day, and they found his shoes and clothes and uh, his wallet tucked into his shoes on uh, Edgewater Beach up in Cleveland, and they're like, wow, he must have drowned out there, but they never found a body, mm-hmm. and then they went back and went to his typewriter and were able to extract like all the letters that he had written, and very obviously, this guy had planned for his disappearance and was you know, going off to California, but he did it in a way he was never found again, mm-hmm. and he was working in government and he had this top position and this guy just up and disappeared, started a new life. And Greekar knew about it and was kind of weirdly obsessed about it and had mentioned that case to a couple people. So it was on his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or again, maybe leaving little <clears throat> breadcrumbs. Right, you know? right, right. Like I can't tell you where I'm going, but when I disappear, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I think might've been what he was telling people. Was very strange with the lack of money in the bank. That to me says volumes. It says that there's an account out there we don't know about. He didn't seem to be living a frivolous lifestyle. Yeah, he wasn't like no extravagant living. He didn't have his own house. He was living with his his girlfriend. Um, if he was broke, he could have attempted to get reelected and keep his position exactly. Yeah, for another four years. Right. Right. He wasn't broke. We just don't know where his money is. Yeah, he's probably at least making six figures. You would think. So, Penn State? Yeah. Yeah. So he calls off. There is an eyewitness that says that they believe they saw him at work in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. That clears up the discrepancy of did he actually go into work and just do a half day and right. leave. As far as his vehicle goes, we should probably set this up a little bit because he had a Mini Cooper, red Mini Cooper. Yeah. And this wasn't just like, oh, go out and buy a um, fuel-efficient car to get you to and from work. He was a, a driver. Yeah. He liked to take long drives. He seemed to be particular about his vehicle. Yeah. Um, yeah. The so, vehicle that was in his girlfriend's name. Yeah. That was his, which is weird. And so that makes the... That makes the cigarette ashes even more strange because it he doesn't... We don't see any signs that he would have allowed somebody to smoke in his car. Right. Just kind of willy-nilly. It seemed like something that he that he wouldn't let happen. Absolutely. Unless it's his last last time in that car, mm-hmm. you know? I, I picture... What I picture is his sexy CIA handler, you know, coming in. And, you know, they, they sit in the car for a minute and, he, and she's like you know, got the cigarette in her mouth and she's like, well, Ray, it's been a trip. Mm-hmm. Take one last look at happy Valley before we get to, before I take you back to Slovenia. Right. Um, and then they get into a waiting black sedan and, you know, drive off into the sunset. So his, his, uh, laptop that's later found, it's a County issued. Right. Laptop. And that's why I brought up the whole thing of whether he was at work that day or not. Because a lot of people have questioned, well, if he called off and didn't go into work, how likely would it be that he would have had that computer mm, with him at right. the time of his disappearance? Right. I think, I, from what I understand, it was a, it was issued through work, but it was a laptop that he could take home mm-hmm. and do his work there. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't put too much into that. Um, I wouldn't look too hard into that for clues. His cell phone's found in his vehicle. Uh, his keys, wallet, never found. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. And is the vehicle locked? I can't remember, but I, I do know locked. The, the vehicle's locked, no keys, and the cell phone's in the car, but turned off. That sounds right. Yeah. And this is a county-issued cell phone as right. well. I th- you know, again, like, I don't want to get tracked, so I'm leaving this cell phone here. I've got my burner on me, maybe. Um, or if he was murdered... You know, nobody else wants th- that bit of evidence being able to tie them to it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, you've got these clues that can lead you both ways. I tend to lead more towards, you know, these these all seem like clues that he himself was responsible for. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what was on that laptop. They've never been able, even though they recovered the hard drive, they've never been able to extract any data out of it because it was in the river so long. Yeah, and if anybody's going to be able to... It- would have been the CIA or right. the FBI. They had a, a group that works with NASA examine the, the hard drive and they weren't able to pull anything out of it. 
Yeah, well, it's interesting to me because, like, like you said, the connection with the book, the connection to this Ohio case, it seems like he had some int- interest in starting over. It does, you know, and if none of that were to happen, you know, it would look more, it really would look more like a, a murder, you know, abduction. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the tough thing about, you know, when they're like, well, we think the body went in the river. I mean, yeah, suicide or murder, you would expect that at some point you'd find the body. But right. th- there is always exactly right. that possibility that you, sure, th- that Get stuck random in a case that they just didn't tree. find it. Right. You know, and, and getting to the abduction you know, murder thing that's very unlikely with a 60 year old man too, unless it's like, I mean, if he was, if we're talking abduction from the scene and murder, it would suggest organized crime to some extent. Yeah. Well, possibly. And well, then if it's, then you got to look into his brother's death as well. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, because maybe that was not a suicide, and then it's how now. How are these murders connected? Right. Well, maybe not though. His brother's not a district attorney. A district attorney can create a lot of enemies. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Especially over a twenty-year time yeah. frame. Yeah, definitely. But what was his brother involved in? Because you know, what I mean, because sometimes you, it's like. It, Maybe his brother was, I, I don't know much about his brother at all, but I'm just saying if you wanted to start speculating and going down that rabbit hole, it's like, what is his, you know, yeah, I'm this uh, prosecutor and I'm doing well for myself, but this guy's struggling. So maybe I know some people that can help him out or maybe he's just a bad seed. Right. The The brother too could just be a legitimate suicide. Right. Although, you know, suicides very rarely just walk into a river. Yeah, you know, right. that's very determined. You know, there are better ways to kill yourself, especially for men. Men are usually gun, you know, to the yeah. mouth. Uh, more violent, you know, they don't usually walk into a river to drown themselves. Well, his his brother, you know, in the river, kills yeah. himself. Vehicle found near a bridge. Yep. Ray disappears. His items are found in or on the banks of the river. Yep. And his vehicle's found near a bridge. Yep. If he disappeared, he wanted to, you know, that clearly that would have been on his mind. Mm-hmm. You know, is he, does he want us to think about that? Is is he trying to suggest that it was suicide? Really walk away? Uh, you know, the more I think about this case, as weird as it sounds, I lean towards the spy theory that he was either one of us or, you know, spying for them. And I'd love to go, I'd love to go to Slovenia and just, like, <laughs> try to look find around him. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd be how old now? Oh, shoot. He'd be 70. Mm-hmm. 74, 70, yeah. yeah. But the thing here is, here's what I question about him walking away or being a spy and choosing that, okay, now it's time for me to go. Isn't it in, in extreme poor taste to leave your vehicle in the same situation that your brother's right. vehicle was found in when you have a daughter, right. I don't care adopted or not. You have a nephew, uh, that was the son of his brother. Uh, you do have some family that lived through an experience where a relative went missing vehicle found near a bridge. He's right. missing for about a week until they figure out that he's in the river and then they ultimately rule it a suicide. So now I'm planning my disappearance. I'm planning to walk away. I'm going to, in the poorest of taste, leave my vehicle next to a bridge and in, in my items in the river. That's a really good. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about before. That would be kind of a uh, a mean thing to do for your for your who who you you know assume would be his loved ones. Um, but let me ask you this: like, let's say he was a spy. And it was time to go back home to the motherland. How would you do it without telling everybody you were a spy? How would you disappear? Me, I would personally, I think that walking away is, is rude and bad enough on its own. <laughs> well, but, I, I kind of wish you would walk but away. To, but <laughs> what I'm saying is you can attempt to do it without a trace. But but you you could leave the vehicle you you know you could drive the vehicle off into the woods somewhere. Yeah, but you could leave the vehicle at your house, and it actually then becomes even more of a mystery because it's like so he disappeared from his house, and but his car's here. Like, and maybe he was doing them a favor by by not leaving it at the house, so 
the investigators wouldn't look at the people that live there as oh, to possible make them suspects. suspects. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he drives it out there, and he's got his brother in mind. Yeah, I just don't know that if if that's your if that's who you are, if that's your identity, and you you have to do this one way or another. Is there is there a decent way to do it? That's true. That's and true. now you know I didn't even think about that until we started talking. But yeah, of course, if he's doing that, he's going to make sure that he doesn't disappear from home because he doesn't want his loved ones to be suspects. Don't implicate Patty in anything yeah, that yeah. she was unaware of. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's that weird piece of evidence where it goes back and forth because mm-hmm. in one in one sense it's like, well, this is in really bad taste, right? But in the other sense, it basically leads you to believe that. Yeah, you know, because of his brother and because of everything going on in retirement that he was so depressed that yeah. know, he took his own life, you know. And also he he does it during the day when he knows his girlfriend's at work and has witnesses that put her at work. Mm-hmm. So he's furthering, right? like, but in, doing damage control for her. Well, yeah, damage control there, but also almost damage control for the family where it's like, yeah, they've been through that before and that was traumatic. Yeah. But... It's almost understandable, right? Right. You know, the second time, it's like, well, he was They've, depressed, and his brother, and maybe this was his way of being with his brother, right? You know, right. I think we've solved it here. I think he's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the other woman theory. No, not at all. And I'll tell you why. We're not talking about a guy that had been married for thirty years, right? Had fourteen children with the same woman, right? He's been divorced twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming up on a retirement where he's going to receive a decent retirement that right. he's earned. He's worked a lot of years to earn it. Right. I just don't, in, in the relationship with Patty, obviously I don't know the ins and outs of it, but they weren't married. Right. They shared a place together. I, I don't, I can't get into the other woman theory because I think there's, it would be very easy for him to just end the relationship with Patty and and start this new relationship or bring this going on relationship to light exactly and continue his life and retire and you know set up a life with the new woman rather than this whole walking away unless unless that woman was his handler you know um or how about this um this uh, this is another weird detail about this case so this other woman that he was seen with people recognized her as like to a person like the the one of the people that saw him with her said, yeah, and it wasn't just some beautiful woman. It was this specific beautiful woman who's a journalist slash TV. I think she was involved in TV, um, like news up there too. Okay. So the police are like, wow, okay, we got to find her. And they went to find her. She had also called off work that day. And she she they tracked her. She was like, and I think if I'm getting this right, upstate New York, but she had like traveled out of the city right and so they track her down and i think she was at like a wedding of a of a family member or something she had a pretty good excuse but how weird is that that like the person that this that the witness is sure was with ray also called off that day Mm -hmm. just a bad coincidence for her or is there more to that you know how thorough do you think that they tried to track him the authorities because, I mean, there's no crime committed here, exactly. but we're also talking about an active district attorney goes missing. Right. They're going to try to track this guy. It's not like... Well, that's another weird part of this, too, because the FBI didn't take over the case right away. Um, it should have been a state case. It should have been state troopers. It should have been um, the attorney general mm-hmm. office involved. But everybody kind of stepped back and they're like, okay, let... <laughs> let the state college police take this over. And we're talking about an, a department that had like three police officers. They weren't prepared to look for right. a missing district attorney, but all the bigger agencies are like, no, let them handle it. Is that because the, the bigger agencies had access to the information um, that Greek art was a spy mm-hmm. and that we knew he was disappearing and, and, you know, let him go. That's weird. Like they, it should have been a bigger case, but it was left to the smallest department that could have been involved. Well, it was, yeah, it was left to it at first, but then everybody else then comes in. But maybe they all come in to go see what we tried. Maybe hush, or, hush. Yeah, it looks like that at some point, but um, 
the FBI weren't really ever involved with the hunt for it, as far as we can tell. Um, the state becomes involved in it eventually, and they seem to step in and do their own investigation. But at every turn, the AG seems to like kind of scuttle it, mm. you know, or, or just weirdly silent about it. Or, uh, yeah, it's just it, there's a lot of weirdness surrounding why the the people put in charge were this this very small police department. So what do you think? You got a hunch? I have no hunch. <laughs> I just I personally I just see a lot of reasons to not walk away. That's what I keep coming back to. I was unaware about the bank account thing. Right. Because in in this is kind of a vague broad statement, but when you look into this case, you know, they say, well, they checked his bank accounts, they checked his credit cards, they checked his phone records, and there was found no clues. Right. And right. that's kind of all they leave you with. So you assume, when I read that statement, I assume, well, all is well. You right. know, uh, the, they found no clues. Well, no bank account. That's a that's a clue. Is a clue. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, what, what you got to go back to exactly how they worded it in newspaper accounts, too, because they're very careful with the semantics of that. But they're like, um, you know, we, yeah, we looked into his accounts, but we found no, uh, you know, something like no evidence there to suggest or whatever. But, um, the fact, yeah, exactly right. The fact that there is no money in there right. should tell you something. That's a big thing. Yeah. But what does that point to? Because as, because that can point to suicide <clears throat> pretty easily. Here's this guy that exactly didn't yeah. save anything, you know, worked a bunch of years, but nothing to show for it his car's not even in his own name and so he just i'm walking away this is a guy who's very meticulous in every other part of his life mm -hmm. i would think he would be very meticulous about his financial situation there yeah too. so is it just that the, the fact that there's no money i mean there has to be some transactions on those accounts he uh, i think there were some i don't know how much but we're talking about i mean i think it's like hundred a couple hundreds of dollars in like uh you know uh, an account that was left when he disappeared and no assets by the way everything else was in everybody else's name like like his girlfriend's or his wife's name he never had assets so we have a successful da who disappears and then when you look into his financial background if you didn't know his job or the the length of his career you would assume you're looking at some 27 year old dude that's living paycheck to paycheck right no not even that because the the transaction history wasn't that in depth though right right so it's almost like you're looking at a 15 year old kid that has a savings account with his father's name on it and he only puts money in it when he get, has a birthday or right or christmas huh. you know what i mean like right coming out that's what i used to do i was a banker so no oh. a lot of people on that level would have their own personal banker would have a portfolio. Sure. Especially, you know, prosecutors, you know, cops. Yeah, right, and, like stocks and bonds. Yeah, and, and building up for retirement. That can go away pretty quickly, and that could be a motive. Right. Because that would be the other motive, too, is like, well, what if he did have all this money? and He was divorced twice. That's your hook. It all went to alimony. <laughs> it all went to the... <laughs> well, I, I would want to know how he was cashing his checks. That would be a big question for me. How is he cashing his checks? Because sure. let's just say that there would be a motive. You know, a lot of people would go, well, you need to put your money in the bank. And I was a banker for a long time. And we had a bunch of really rich, um, you know, retired, you know, guys in their 70s and 80s that um, they had really small accounts, low activity, but they came into the bank every week. And I, I know they were just stockpiling their money at their house. You know, oh, really? in, a, in a safe or whatever, because they didn't trust because of the, the depression and sure. stuff like that. They didn't trust the banks. <clears throat> now, I'm not saying you didn't trust the banks because of the depression, but why would you trust the banks or have any assets when your last, possibly with your last two divorces? And that would be public record mm. of what they got in the divorce. Sure. So if he got, you know, taken to the cleaners twice. <laughs> then it's like, well, I'm going to take all my money and put it on a, in a mattress and a safe or something. But that would also become another reason for motive. If one of his friends or somebody found out, hey, you know this guy? 
doesn't put any money in the bank. Right, right. And he doesn't have all these assets, and he had, took all his money, just hides in the way. Creeker's got like 100000 in cash sitting in his house, yeah. Yeah, that would be a motive. It doesn't explain the computer, though. No. Mm. Well, but the computer's not as weird as the searches. Yeah. The Google searches of how to, you know, destroy the hard drive. The police wondered if he had a journal on the computer that a, he was a keeping. Personal a personal journal that he was journal. keeping. Yeah. Or, you know, he's district attorney. Is that where he kept all the dirt he had on everybody else? Mm-hmm. And and somebody's getting real scared because he's up for retirement. Is he going to transfer that dirt file over to the next prosecutor? Right. Um, yeah, again, we're going around in... in <laughs> well, what was that movie? Um J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah, where he, he every time there was a new person in, his like whole mission was to get the dirt file. Oh, sure. And then he'd give it to him. And he'd be like, <laughs> don't worry, I got my own copy. You know what I mean? So it's like... Right, right. Maybe he had some of those dirt files and somebody... The weird thing, too, about the search is would they be able to know when those searches happened? Like, was it, you know, that day? I don't know. Because if it's that day, it could really be in the murderer's hands. Yeah, they don't. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think. Oh, the 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 you know the searches from home where he's like how to destroy a hard drive. Right. I think that was from the night before. I think I think I've read that 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 happened. That okay, day. so those searches were actually going from his home computer, not his the correct computer that okay. he shared with his girlfriend. Right. It's neat to travel down there too. Down to they call it Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. just a just a beautiful drive, and uh, I always picture him, you know, jetting through the valley and you know looking for these antique stores and you know maybe going. It would be an excellent place to do the you know the spy drops you know at a park, you know, put it underneath the park bench and right. you know, take off and your handler comes and I I I, I hope he's in Slovenia just you know, eating some fish and whatever they do in Slovenia. And, <laughs> and he's listening to the show right now going, they're still talking about me. <laughs> if you could time travel, you, you brought it up. So here we go. If you could time travel back to a, a decade, mm-hmm. do you have, does one pop immediately into mind? Oh, for sure. I definitely, without a doubt, go back to the sixties, you know, you have pre pre HIV, Free love, <laughs> free drugs. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a very fun time. Mm-hmm. How yeah. about you? Um, I, oddly enough, oddly enough, I would pick the sixties as well. All right, for we different r- for different Good reasons. Stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that was the decade of the assassinations. You know? Oh and sure, yeah. There's a lot of questions. He wants to go back to shoot some people. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's uh, similar to. <clears throat> Um, your book, The Man on Primrose Lane, mm. where he goes back and he's he's aware of this victim and he believes if he can follow her around long enough that yes. he can intercept the killer or her abductor and right. stop the crime from happening. It's like like the captain said here, uh, Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to sit there like as JFK's coming down the, the with the motorcade, see if you know, if anybody really was in that grassy mm-hmm. knoll or peeking over the the fence. There was or definitely somebody in the grassy knoll. <laughs> All you have to do is read that. It's in the Warren report. A lot of people don't know that. In the Warren report, they claim that there was possible shots from the grassy knoll. So the government hasn't like fully dismissed this idea. I really think what happened that day is the is somebody contracted three different people and they didn't tell the other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. So you had this, and whoever was going to get busted was going to get busted, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, question for you. So now that we're on the time traveling, so we, we said, what decade, right? So, but what case would you solve? Oh, 100% Amy Mihalovic. You know, I'd be, I'd be right at the plaza, you know, at, at the end of the day as she's coming in just to see who comes up to her. And uh, Well, yeah. then you could stop it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But but if you do that, I mean, now we're in the realm of fiction. So you've got James Renner showing up in 1989, and this guy comes up to Amy Mihalovic, and now I'm 100% sure I've got the killer. Right. So I pummel him to death or whatever. And uh, so then now I'm in prison. 
And until next week. From sunny Florida, be good, be kind, and don't litter. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.